What's up, Dirt Bags? Welcome to episode 212 of the Midwest Angler Podcast. Scott Sturman and Matt Deitch, what's going on? I'm just, uh, you know, enjoying the sunshine that we've been getting lately. Yeah, dang it, I like it. But uh, Friday, it looks like uh, we could, could get some more snow. At we least we need it. We need it. <laughs> at least, at I least, could a start lot to of see my melted. lawn. So I was gonna I, say, I get that covered. I mean, it's like, what is this green stuff? Does it, well, like, I actually have plants. Eyesore. I actually have plants outside that are starting to grow. I like yeah. the bushes around our house. It's like, what are you? What like, what are you doing? When it's crazy, like. Uh, um, along my driveway where the snow melts throughout the day you know like every day uh about eight inches of snow melts down and and you know there's eight more inches of of actual grass showing and underneath that snow like it is it's uh uh, it's it's green like yeah. it's green you're gonna have to be and, mowing around snow piles what it's gonna end up having here. we like, could be there we could be there that's what it is i mean i nope. i'm gonna say it right now that i'm gonna have to shovel grass clippings off of my snow pile yep no that's crazy <laughs> crazy crazy stuff but uh, uh episode 212 brought to you by our friends over at dakota angler in sioux falls south dakota uh, stop in there, talk to uh, Todd, Josh, Nick, and uh, all their awesome workers. Um, they've got uh, they've got the best selection in all of Sioux Falls, all of the tri-state area, um, and uh, uh, line counter reels on sale right now. Uh, they've got uh, a lot of just like they have a lot of like reels on sale right now. Some of the spinning reels, I think that I saw like a Daiwa Tatula, mm. one of them like. I mm. think they're like fifty bucks off or something. Okay, like that well, well that's website. substantial. So, yep. There's a lot of them. I was looking the other day on there, you know, because you always got to just go on there and shop around. You were going to give me an Easter present, weren't you? I didn't want to ruin the surprise, but <laughs> I'm sorry. I'll place, be surprised either way. But what a place to get Easter presents! Oh yeah, I mean, go yeah. up there and just—it doesn't matter what you get. You're never going to get anything wrong for a fisherman. No, no. Uh, get a bunch of gift cards. Throw them in some plastic eggs. Yeah, hand hand them out to uh, your favorite podcast hosts, and uh, um, yeah, that's that's the true way Easter was meant to be celebrated. A lot of their clothing too. I mean, is it? They got a lot of clothing up there now that's starting to come out. Uh, They've got I those think, Blackfish Rage uh, boots. I know, and, and I've heard I'm going to make they, a pair of mine. I, I've heard that they're getting hard to find. So no like, kidding, they're so popular really? right now that they're there's talk that they might be. You know, if you if you want them, now's the time to get them. We should buy a bunch. <laughs> We should buy a bunch of them, like, I mean, hundreds of pairs and, and keep them down here in the podcast beat lab. And then and, sell uh, them to... Autograph them. Autograph, autograph them. them and sell them. I mean, we could do it anyways. We could go up there and you could distract Todd while I... And Josh That's not I a bad him. idea. I mean, I guess who has better hand... Who has a better signature, but you distract him for a while and then I'll, yeah. I'll put my autographs on them and then you... Uh, then I'll distract them. And you you think we should each sign each boot or like do, do you get the... The right side, and I get the left side, or how are we gonna do that? You gotta have it on both. You think so, huh? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, the Air Jordans aren't just on. It doesn't say Air Jordan on one of the shoes. It says it on both. Well, that's true. So. That's true. <laughs> yeah, you gotta know. You gotta know. But uh, but no, yeah, they got all kinds of good stuff up there. Stopping there, you know, it's getting to that time of the year too. Uh, if you're gonna start pitching some jigs with some minnows on them, stop in there, get your minnows while yep. you can. You know. Yep. So. No, it's crazy. It's crazy. You know, the, uh, I talked to my buddy top today. He was over, uh, at, uh, the Iowa great lakes and on the lake he was, uh, on, uh, there was still side by sides out there and, yeah. you know, I mean, but, uh, 
Yeah, you know, it's 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 getting to feel like it's that time of year where uh, you got to start. Well, hell, we just had a Facebook memory freaking yeah. five years ago. You and I were out on Silver Lake trolling and, yep. and uh, uh, God dang it, that's crazy. But uh, yeah, it's a different year. It's a different year and uh, whatever. Uh, get Start getting uh, your open water stuff uh, over at Dakota Angler. Uh, if you can't make it in there to the store, you know the drill. Code DIRTBAG at checkout. Get you a little extra savings and uh, make you a happy camper. And again, the fast delivery is just unbelievable that you get from there. Order it oh, one day. Oh, if you live in the tri-state area, yep. you will have it tomorrow. Yep. If, if you order if you order today, you will have it tomorrow. So, so definitely, you know. So do it. Yeah, do, do it. it. Test, test our theory. Test our theory. If you're listening to this right now. Go on there, www.dakotaangler.com. Use code DIRTBAG, and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to tell you right now, you're going to have it tomorrow. Exactly right. Yep. So, all right, uh, Matt, Bassmaster Classic, uh, NWT. Uh, we've got tournaments galore. It is, it's officially open water tournament season. Uh, um, the NWT was out in Illinois uh, on the – I don't know what the hell river Fox is it. River? Is it? I don't know. Spring, Spring Valley. It was. I can't yeah. remember which which river it was. Mm. Um, hold on. I downloaded. I downloaded something. Um, what do we got here? We've got notes from Spring Valley, Illinois, Illinois River, the Illinois March twenty one and twenty two. Uh, pro local pro, uh, JJ Debernardi, which is lots of fun to say, say, say it, say it four times fast. Debernardi. Is it Debernardi no. or Debernardi? What do you think? Debernardi. You think it's Debernardi? I think you it's Debernardi. Okay. Let's say it four times fast. Debernardi. See, can't do it. You just <laughs> I told can't you. do it. At least yeah, I you, tried. Yeah. You, you didn't have it. You didn't have it. Yeah, I know. I'm not a fast talker like you. Yep. Uh, Pure South Dakota's Dwayne Jelm uh, coming home in second place. Uh, uh, Mark Quartz, Harris, Minnesota coming home in third. Um, yeah, the J.J. Debernardi uh, casting 316-ounce uh, half-cocked custom jigs with Berkeley ripple shads. Um, yeah, whatever. Uh, Brian Bashore, Sioux Falls, South Dakota, past guest, uh, cracks the top ten. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, there was a, you know, there 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 was quite a few of our guys, uh, yeah. right on up there. Yeah, Walleye Will Pappenfuss filling yeah. uh, or uh, fishing his first uh, NWT tournament. Came in nineteenth. Nineteenth, um, yeah, that's good showing for him. He's got to be happy with that. Uh, oh, yeah. eight eight hundred and fifty seven fish caught uh, over the two days, and uh, um, yeah, averaging uh, one point six five pounds, and um, yeah, I don't know. I think. Uh, do, do you follow this John Bala, John Bala, Bala? I don't know. I don't. Real, like he he puts together these deals right here. If you look oh, over okay. at my phone, yep. Like all the all the statistics, just yep. neat little storylines cool. and whatnot. It, and every single one, like he is he is the dude that that probably gives more coverage to the National Walleye Tour. Than what the, the National, National Walleye, Walleye Tour gives does. to the National Walleye Tour. I was going to say, he's not even affiliated with them. Like, I, Maybe work. he is. Maybe he is, but he does it on I mean, his own personal Facebook page. Well, yeah, then he should be because, like you said, he does a lot better with coverage than what they do. So, If I'm, an, if I'm a professional walleye fisherman, I, I'm starting to get pissed off. I'm starting to get pissed off because 
I mean, you, you're you're investing a hundred thousand dollars into your brand new boat. You know, you're traveling along to to get to like, wh- why cannot professional walleye fishing just even get a little bit of coverage, right. a little bit of freaking a little coverage? Something. It's it's embarrassing. They, I I said it before and I'll say it again. Like there is Cub St- Cub Scout fishing derbies on local ponds that get more freaking coverage than what the NWT does. Uh, I, it's garbage. I, I, agree I, with you. I mean, I'm telling you right now, it is freaking grade A hot garbage. The coverage that the NWT guys get. Oh, big whoop! You're gonna go Facebook live for the weigh-in? <laughs> Anybody wow. can do that. I mean, wow. okay. Like some dude's wife could be freaking sitting in the in the crowd and and have better coverage than yeah. your bullshit Facebook live. Give me a break. I don't know. That's it's it's absolute crap. And I mean, just I, I mean, think can, can, I, they owe it to the walleye fishermen. Absolutely. To, to you know promote their sport. A lot more than what they do and i don't know i don't know maybe it's walleye fishermen being secretive you know but even if it's not secretive i mean the weigh-in stuff i mean all that there's no secrets to that i mean you can you can put on a lot better show than what you're doing instead of just running these guys across the stage and you know i guess maybe we've just been spoiled with as good as coverage that bass does and they have an mc like dave mercer up there that's excitable knows everything about the fishermen they don't have to do with i guess i don't know if the co-angler thing has something to do with it like they're trying to get the co-anglers through but you don't have to you don't have to do nothing special for the co-anglers you don't have to do nothing special for the angler i mean you know you don't have to list all their sponsors but i mean you know it's not hard to say matt deitch from rock rapids iowa matt how was it out there today right you know yeah it was pretty good whatever and 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 i mean you know they they do a little bit of that they do a little bit of that but i mean I, I don't know. Nowadays, I mean, do you, you think you can? Do you, I you guess can I've put, never You been. can get cameras in boats. You can you can give me live coverage throughout the day on nwt.com. You can give me something. Yeah, I mean, something. You you don't need to give me bass track. You, no. you don't need to give me bass track. Uh, I mean, I I don't think it's crazy that on day number two, you know, you you kind of pick your uh you know heavy favorites and and they get a camera boat in there i mean what what more look look how much more that does for the sponsors oh i know you if know i, I mean, was the sponsors i'd be like yeah how about we get a little bit more here i mean if drake heard is 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 pushing fin gear and he's got a he's got a freaking uh camera in his boat all day and and he's using his uh uh live sonar uh uh you know pull mount off the side of his boat and people are like you know what the hell is drake heard using they're like man that thing looks slick that thing looks strong like that's the real deal and and drake's like hey guys come come buy them you know fin gear whatever i mean that that that's got to be worth its weight in gold right there and and god dang it i just i i don't know you know i i'm not i'm not gonna be the guy that fixes it because i don't have that type of money but you can't tell me johnny morris doesn't you can't tell me that these big fishing companies don't have that money to to invest into just showcasing these damn anglers they oh, deserve it if, if if you want them to be if, if you want to consider these dudes professional anglers then then give them professional exposure yeah. period 
Uh, That's for sure. I mean, and they had a great opportunity this weekend with just the whole story. An incredible story. You know, just, I mean. This J.J. DeBernardi, his his tournament angler, uh, passed away of COVID a couple years ago. Um, I mean, I, I... I don't know. I didn't ask all the anglers, but uh, it, it kind of seemed like it was the general consensus that uh, about every single person was pretty freaking jacked up yeah. for JJ to to pull this one off. Uh, you know, knowing his story, uh, knowing that his tournament partner, uh, you know, had passed away, and no, you know, and just, he was and he was just he's kind of a local, and I think a lot of people were just like, you know, it's coming around. Like they talked him into like, dude, you got to go in, on the pro yep. side and stuff like that, and he did it, and. Uh, some of his his story was inc- like his first cast of the day. He caught an eight some an pounder, eight pounder, yeah. And it was just like wow. And people were like, "Oh, was that on this Mike Hansen was his fishing partner? Was that like on his spot?" And he's like, "No, actually, he was g- pulled up to the lock to lock up, and there's two big barges in there. So instead of sitting there waiting for him, he's just like, well, I'm just gonna run over to this spot and make a few casts and see if I can't catch a bonus fish.' And yeah, Fired first it off. cast, it's just kind of like boom." got it it's yep. just like it's just crazy you know that whole story and i don't know they, they fit, fishing just, needs those feel-good stories right. like, and, and why couldn't seen, you do that i haven't seen any videos from like the weigh-in of the moment that like he found out i had to go to nwt.com to their website and fast forward you know skip through all their what the whole weigh-in they had the weigh-in like the video of that like they didn't just have like the clip of it, like the winning moment, a little, a little two and a half like minute that. clip where right. a guy realizes that he just cashed a ninety thousand dollar check and yeah. and won, uh, you know, a super emotional deal. And I mean, and, they did some people interviews see with it, guys. them afterwards and stuff like that. But that moment, just that raw moment, it's just you got to go back there and do it. So yep, I don't know. Uh, I mean, we've said it, we've said it once. We'll say it again, but. Uh, I don't know. It's 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 just disappointing. It's uh, but kudos really disappointing. kudos to the coverage that Bass provides. I mean, and I guess maybe they're just what more on. What the hell do we got going on over here? I got something in that egress window over there, Matt. Uh oh, something jumping up and down at us, looking at us. I hope to God it's a possum. You see it? You see its head? I swear to God, it's a freaking pheasant or something. I don't see no. Oh, I just saw something move. There is something in there. I hope to oh, God son, it's a possum. God dang it if it's a freaking skunk. Here we are down here in my basement. In the beat lab. Looking dead across. I'm going to. Oh, my God. It looks like there's. It looks like a kitten, man. Oh, my God. No, it's a. It's a. It's, it's a, a pheasant. It's a pheasant. It's a rooster. God that dang, son. I told you, man. I told you. If there's one thing I know, it's. it's you know what? I've got this pheasant mount down here. Okay. Hold on. Hold on. We're going to. I, I gotta go over there and, and I know you gotta get you, the video. you commentate this. Okay. It is looking, it's looking in here. That is definitely a pheasant the way I know. it's walking I, back. All of a sudden forth. I looked over there. I was like, what in tarnation do we got going on here? How did that thing are you sure? That looks like a cattail. I don't know, man. The verdict's out. You gotta sneak over there and get this thing on we might have to put this on our website, this whole video, or on the Facebook page to see what's going on with it. You think I want uh do you want the flashlight on? I don't think I want flashlight. Oh, it's just so scary. <laughs> I wish I, I should get a video of this. <laughs> you crawling across the... <laughs> oh, my gosh. He's crawling across. He's sneaking up it's on it. It's a damn mouse. It's a mouse? Oh, yeah. It's a mouse. 
Oh, oh man. Baby. I thought, is there more than one or is it just one? Holy buckets. I thought it, it did look like there's. I was going to say, it was running back and forth. It looked like there was a head and then a tail at different ends. So we're going to have to go on a hunting mission here. It must have fell down in there. Big old sucker, though. Way big. Going to have to get the old... We're going to be gigging for mice out here. It would have been sweet if it was a pheasant, but I was like, what's a pheasant doing out here at 9 o'clock at yeah, night? Still. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I got you live. <laughs> oh man! So all right, just the egress window. Mouse jumped, fell down in there, and it's jumping around. There's a snowbank at the bottom of that yeah. egress window, and sorry about that, guys. Uh, <laughs> live action. That's a minute of your life you can't get back. But uh, you're hoping for something really cool. But it's just... God dang it, that would have been so much cooler if it was a pheasant. Right. But uh, I, no, was, whatever. I was hoping it was going to be a possum. <laughs> No, uh, um, yeah, NWT, uh, first, first tournament of the year, Bassmaster Classic, um, uh, pretty, uh, pretty, uh, it's, it's, it's incredibly awesome that Gussie won it, but you can't help but to think that, that it's not a spectacular look for Bassmaster. No. When, uh, when the guy that wins the tournament doesn't even, I mean, he doesn't even, it's not like he was one fish short. He was three fish short yep. of a limit on the last day. Yeah, he that, just, That's not a good thing, is no. it? Especially since, like, Fox covered it on Sunday for, like, two or three hours. They had, yep. like, on before the NASCAR race. Yep. And here these guys are out there, and it was, it was, it was boring fishing. Right. I mean, they weren't catching much, and the ones that they were catching weren't big. Do do they so, know that going into it though? Like you know, hey, we're bringing they, the, the they tournament know. to right. uh, to Knoxville. I mean, you know, you, you're not you're not holsting it down on Lake Fork, and you know, it's like, man, this is just going to be a slugfest of big oh, fish. What uh, they know, or is, do you feel? No, what they know is is that you know, there's a good chance that it could be incredible, like you know, a lot of big fish, or at least you know, competitive fishing. But at the same time, they know it could be really tough, yeah. just for the time of the year it is. That's the thing with the Bassmaster Classic, especially up in this area, or when they start coming up a little bit more north, is you just don't know what weather you're going to get that time of year. Yep. And, you know, Gussie said it. If it would have been last weekend, he would have easily caught what he caught every single day. Yep. People were saying that if if the tournament would have been one more day or two more days later, he wouldn't have hardly caught anything because those fish that he was catching the first two days – would have dispersed and you know not been there you know even his interview he talked about the boat pressure of all the spectator boats and you get all the the sonar going and everything like that and just you know those fish know that something's going on up there right they don't know what right. it is because he said that he marked over 100 fish like everybody's like well why didn't he leave like he why didn't he leave because like, they were there because he wasn't going to leave fish to find fish right and he knew they yep. were there and it was just that hope that you know, pretty soon they were going to bite. And he, he caught a few shorts, but because down there on that river system, like when you're going after the smallmouth, which he caught all of, you're like committed to it because they have to be 18 inches to keep them. Yep. So when you're catching an 18-inch smallmouth, that's going to be a three-plus-pound smallmouth right there. Right. So, I mean, you're committed to it. Yep. And uh, he could have tried and ran, but at that point it's kind of like 
it's one of those deals. Nobody wants. We talked about this. Nobody wants second or third place. I mean, you're you're going for it. You're going to live by what you're doing, or you're going to die by what you're doing. So, right. and fortunately for him, I mean, he only had one fish for a long time on that final day, and then finally, like late in the afternoon, he caught one, and I mean, that was the winning fish because a couple of these other guys were catching. I mean, were catching them, but again, they came in with like ten. 11 pounds compared to like if somebody has 18 right 20 pounds like gussie did on the first day you know he had like 18 pounds so yeah well either way uh canada gets their uh first bassmaster classic champion and uh that's that's pretty cool and uh um also seemed like the uh the general consensus across the bassmaster uh um bassmaster anglers uh you know couldn't couldn't have happened to a better right, guy yeah so. they were i think everybody was pulling for gussie to win or i mean any of the top three i think it seemed like yeah. the general yep. consensus was and it's always cool we talked about this before it's always cool seeing somebody win their first one absolutely absolutely all right uh well that's uh that's enough with the uh the tournament news uh we've got an interview today uh we've got uh um, a buddy of ours, Tom Seberg, uh, from down in Nebraska. We've, uh, we met Tom through, uh, through hooked on hard water and, uh, um, he, uh, he hasn't been guiding for that long. I'm not sure, uh, maybe a year or so, uh, but we'll, we'll ask him for sure. But, uh, either way, uh, pretty excited to get Tom on. Uh, we've been, um, we've talked to him a couple times and, and either he's been out guiding or, you know, just doesn't work out, but, uh, um, yeah, we're, uh, we're going to get them on, and uh, um, yeah, pretty excited about it. Hey, Tom, how's it going? Good. How are you guys doing? Doing wonderful today. We are doing good. Uh, how's the weather down there in Nebraska? Well, you know, it's, it's I can't complain, even though we're in that kind of mid-season for what I call spring, where it doesn't want to be spring, but it doesn't want to be winter. Yep. We're hitting 50s, 60s, but then dropping colder at night, so yep kind of waiting for the weather to make up his mind yeah well, ours really doesn't know what it wants to do up here like all morning long it was like in the teens then all of a sudden it jumped up to like 40 degrees and over 40 degrees in the afternoon so yep and now it's probably gonna end up being single digits tonight or right something. yeah you know that's about how it goes yeah it makes it makes it tough on the water temperatures that's for sure no yeah, doubt yeah no doubt. Uh, Tom, we always like to get uh, our show started off uh, with a couple of random questions. So uh, first off, I want to know, what is the last concert you went to? Oh, this year, the last concert that I went to would be uh, Kenny Chesney down at Kansas City. Okay. Oh, nice. Okay. Nice. So I think it was Kenny Chesney, Brantley, Gilbert and i can't remember who else was there it was with his he does that tour every year don casey so okay were you rocking the cowboy hat and like the sleeveless button up and <laughs> no i'm i'm the puka I'm shell necklace. For that. it was uh, a sleeveless shirt shorts flip-flops and a ball cap there you go okay okay yeah i'm sure eastern you- nebraska <laughs> eastern <Yeah>. nebraska <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, this is kind of, I didn't even talk to Scott about our random questions before that, but mine was going to be, if you could be a roadie for any band, go on tour with them and be a roadie, which band would it be? Uh, Cross Canadian Ragweed. Cross Cross Canadian Canadian Ragweed? Wow. 
That was like no hesitation. I thought maybe I'd get you a little bit on that one. You thought yeah. about this. Yeah, so it's I'm old school. So you used to be crossing or ragweed, and then it was Cody into the parted. Um, just it's kind of that offset. What I call people, it's a combination of I would say Alan Jackson meets Tom Petty. Oh wow! Okay. Okay. So, maybe you've already have. Maybe we just yeah. we just <laughs> learned something new about you. His application is sent in. He's waiting to hear back. <laughs> yeah, I, I'll, I'll probably still be waiting a long time. Okay. <laughs> how, how do you order your steak, Tom? Medium rare. Okay. Oh, yeah. Fair enough. We can yeah. go with that. Man, we we were out at Hooked on Hardwater. One of our buddies ordered it what medium well, and we all kind of looked at him like. What is going? What's up with that? Yeah. Like, no, he he had a reason for it. So did he? You, you didn't make him go to another table. Uh, I, mean, I, I I let him know I didn't trust him anymore. We said this isn't Canada. Yeah. This isn't northern Minnesota or Canada where we're playing hockey. We said <laughs> freaking Al Qaeda. Yeah, yeah I, I, that that always makes me look at people like what 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 did you just say? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Now, Tom, uh, we uh, we talked a little bit uh, about the weather down there where you're from. Uh, let let the listeners know, uh, where is it in the world you're from? So I am Utah, Nebraska, which is west of Omaha by, I'd say, 40 minutes. Uh, I am in the center east part of Nebraska was what they would call it. Okay. Not too far from the Platte River. A lot of people know where the Platte River is, so that kind of helps people on identify where i'm at now now if somebody said if, if, if say say you pulled into a gas station uh middle of south dakota somewhere and uh your buddy said yeah this guy's from omaha do you take offense to that or, or are you all right with uh uh getting told or, or having somebody say that you're from omaha no it's it's one of those things that if you say you tan people kind of look like okay is that an actual city or <laughs> making that up so i think no, that's I'm, a peninsula <laughs> that's yucatan yep. yeah yep. yeah it, it's it's a small town 1300 people so okay All right. okay now uh did did you did you grow up in that area no so i originally grew up in council bluffs iowa okay All right. so transplant yeah, yeah. Well, it's not too far. No, yeah. but but I mean, still, still, still had to yeah. change license plates. Right. Oh yeah. Yeah, and then the, you know the driver's license. So then I had to have a Nebraska, even though I'm a I'm an Iowa Hawkeyes guy through and through. So. Yeah. Well, you know it. You know it. So and some pe- some people are in for winning, and some people <laughs> yeah, aren't. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yep. You fly a you fly an Iowa flag down there in Nebraska, or would they try to burn down your house? So, quick, funny deal, we got Iowa Hawkeye, like, little, I don't know, like, the little decorative flower flags that my wife buys and puts on the flower beds out of the house and outside, and I got some neighbors that are pretty diehard Nebraska fans, and every time I turn around, they'll pull the flag and put it in my backyard instead of the front yard. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, they're good sports. I was going to say, some good neighborly fun. Yep. Oh, yeah. It's just all out of fun. Yeah, that's good stuff. So, so did you start fishing uh, when you were living in Council Bluffs, or when did you start fishing? Well, so, kind of a unique deal with me. My folks bought a piece of property in Bermidji, Minnesota, um, about when I was a year old. And then we started, go, 
started going up there when I was two, and then uh, we stayed at a resort um, off of Lake Plantan and Jeanette, which a lot of people, unless they're familiar with Bermidji, they really don't know where that's at, but it's all part of the headwaters of the Mississippi River systems. And uh, so we would spend, oh, as I get continually get older, I think by the time I was nine or ten, we would spend four to six weeks um, during the summer up there. And, of course, then we'd go up during the early spring, open it up, go up late fall, close it down. So, yep. so spend a lot of time up there then. Yes, yeah, so a lot of time from basically fishing lakes like Cass Lake, Leech Lake, um, Mille Lacs. Um, there's so many, it's, it's mind blowing how many lakes there are that at one point in time in that area I fished with my dad or when I got older and could drive, just would go to them. So what would, what do you think would be the most bodies of water you fished in one day up in that area? Since there's so many of them, I know we fished six in one day once. Wow. That's just crazy. Yeah. And I think it, it, this was a long time ago, but I think it was like within 20 minutes was the drive from each lake to lake. I mean, it wasn't much. That's right. what's mind-blowing about it. Yeah. Now, now, was your dad a pretty avid angler, or was it just, uh, uh, you know, more of a vacation deal, and then, well, since we're up there, we might as well be fishing? Yeah, it, that's, I kind of, looking back, you know, I have to laugh. My dad was a... Uh, he loved walleye fishing and pike fishing. That was his two things. But, of course, you know, I learned, and I still have my dad's flasher, an old hummingbird uh, flasher mounted on a 50-cal ammo, you know, ammo box. Yep. And uh, it was crawler harnesses with Lindy rigs. Like, that's all, It that's, you know, back years and years ago, that's all anybody ever did. It wasn't a lot of the techniques we do now. And then, of course, when it came to the pike fishing, we would tie uh, balloons with they called heavy northerns, which are like great big suckers, yeah. and go cabbages, and we'd anchor and throw them out with balloons tied about three feet above them, and sit there and wait for them to go down and catch pike. So, so so the balloon was just you just use that as a bobber. Yeah, because the some of these suckers we would get are like 12, 14 inches long. Okay, and we figured out that when you trying to use a big like a styrofoam bobber back then it was you had to set it so deep sometimes four or five feet deep well then you had that much line below the rod tip and trying to net big trophy pike was almost impossible okay yeah so i don't know if my dad came up with it on his own or somebody told him but all of a sudden i remember my dad's like oh we're using balloons so i was kind of like what I mean, you're using balloons. Well, then it was kind of cool. The first time we hooked into a big fish, you just, as it got up, you just literally just reached and popped it and reeled all the way in. So you didn't have to worry about it. And balloons are cheap. Yep. Man. Yep. You got people ducking on the shoreline and stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they got, they got one on. Shots fired. <laughs> they yep. got one on. Yep. Yep. Oh, that's pretty cool. I mean, those stories are awesome. I Absolutely. love hearing those old stories, you know, just like what those guys used to do and just kind of like their tricks. And like you said, they didn't have the technology we have. And I mean, now people would probably think, why would you do that? But I mean, yeah, it you works. did it by any means possible. <laughs> it works. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and that's, that's one of the thing that like, I remember my dad had a cigar box 
and that was where all of his worm, you know, crawler harnesses were in. And, you know, wintertime, we would, when we we're back home in Iowa during the winter, you know, we'd make crawler harnesses and different blades, and he'd go to Cabela's, you know, in Kearney and buy all the different beads and hooks. And it, it, I always kind of laughed because we would tie so many with different blade size and color variation. And now, you know, we got the quick snaps on the blades. Right. You know, you have the same rig, and you, you, I have a box full of blades. I literally just change out the blades. Yeah. It, it just, I kind of have to stop and laugh sometimes because I'm like, my dad would, he would, my dad's no longer with us, unfortunately, but my dad would sit there and just would, I could just see him shaking his head like, you're going to do what? Yeah. You don't have to take that off and tie, you know, no, it's just reeled up and change the blades out. Yeah, yeah lots I, changed. I took my grandpa out fishing a few years back and we were trolling around and had the rods in the rod holders and he he couldn't stand having them in the rod holders because you know they they always had to have them in their hands and so he had he put it in his hand he's like i'm taking nine out of the rod holder and i'm i'm holding on to it and i mean he put a whooping on us i mean he he you know they could just tell when they got that bite instead of just watching the rod and stuff like that so that's always pretty neat now now looking back tom at at all that time that you spent up there uh, with your dad do you have one catch or, or one f- story that, that just kind of sticks out? Like, you know, think, thinking back, that one's the one that really uh, really sticks with you? Yeah, and it's it's kind of a, for me, I'll say why it means so much, the story. But my dad and I entered a walleye tournament on Plantain and Jeanette when I was, oh gosh, probably 13. And, of course, we had just a Lund boat, no, you know, just a, had the old wooden seats across with a nine nine on it and it was the northland tackle walleye series tournament at that time and there was like al linder was there there was some of the babe winkleman was one of the i mean there were some really big names on this tournament and i was i just remember like looking at these boats now mind you we're not talking today's boats we're talking just like you know a big tiller boat you know and that that was just unbelievable and looking at seeing all these guys with their jerseys you know and just you know just being mind-blowing and my dad and i we weighed um we only had our three fish and we were way under and i'll never forget um al linder actually was like the the tournament director almost didn't act like he wanted to weigh the fish because everybody was going to be beating us by so much you know and he's like no they paid you weigh their fish and we you know we weighed and we were we were so far down but we there was a big kind of dinner afterwards and we got to sit in the same area with these guys and i remember just looking at them and just watching and just kind of being in awe and uh so it, it was it was something that stuck with me and it also stuck with me as far as somebody that is in the industry that still was so humble and remembered what it was like to still be just fishing, even though it was a tournament. The way he was like, "Nope, they paid." You know, everybody gets treated the same. Yep. Yeah. And it was, uh, you know, just this last year, my son and I both got staff for Northland Tackle, and that just everybody's, you know, somebody's like, "Well, you know," I get asked sometimes, "Which ones do I, you know, mean the most to me?" And that one means the most to me, just because. That was the first legit walleye tournament. And then here comes around quite a few years later, 
I'm actually staffing for a company that used to hold those tournaments up there. Yep. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, very cool. No, uh, now, now, Tom, you you mentioned uh, you you mentioned uh, Northland Tackle there, and uh, um, I think we'll quick give you a, a, a second. Uh, you, you staff for a number of different companies, don't you? Correct. Um, so I, it's anywhere from like Striker, um, JT, Cold Snap, Markham, um, Lakewood, and then for the hunting side, Sitka. Um, it's i'm i I always say i'm pretty blessed i have uh the biggest thing that i think has helped me achieve those is just my continuing connection with the youth and the outdoors and and it's not hard for me i have six kids so like spending time in the outdoors with kids is just something that just comes naturally yeah yeah yep now now you do some guiding uh um not not only guiding your kids but uh uh, guide for guide for clients, correct? Yeah, so I have a, a Tom Tom's Guide Service. I started it oh, eight years ago, and started it part time. Would do the weekends, and during you know, if I had some time, I'd take another couple days off and do different things for you know people if I could. And then uh, it's almost been it'll be two years. I. Uh, I worked for the city of Utan as a superintendent, believe it or not. And uh, my wife one day was, you know, the COVID was going on. And my wife's just like, I think you just need to just do this full time. And I, I was like, well, I, I am working full time. You know, I kind of was like, what, what are you talking about? And she's like, no, I'm, I'm guiding. And I, was, I looked at her and I was like, you serious? And she's like, yeah, you're doing really well with it. I don't see why you couldn't do it full time. I'm like, well, I can. I said, it's just, that's more involved of different traveling and different time away from the family. But I said, yeah, I can do it. <laughs> <laughs> you don't yeah. got to twist my arm. <laughs> yeah. So that's, uh, that was how I kind of went from punching a time card to punching my own time card, which I have zero regrets. Um, it's, you know, there's, there's something to be said about a business owner, you know, when you run your own business, there's, there's perks and there's also downfalls, you know, you don't have the, the constant, you know, when I worked for the city, I knew what I got paid every week, you know, now depending on weather or, you know, different things that go on in this world dictates now what I get for an income, which it's still, it, I still wouldn't go back to where I was before. No, no. I mean, it, it has to have a little bit of a challenge just being where you're from. I mean, I, I guess I, I've never been, uh, I, I've been through Omaha, but I don't know that I've ever been uh, around the Utan area. Um, when, when, when you first got into it, were you thinking uh, just sticking around that area right there uh, west of Ob- Omaha, or did you know uh, that, that you were going to have to head north if, if you wanted to really make a go at it? Well, I knew, so I, I did a lot of research and with, um, my guide service, the insurance that I, I ended up taking out to be, uh, fully licensed as far as I'm concerned, because unfortunately a lot of our states don't, um, have like a legit license where they say you have to have a certain insurance or anything. I'm actually what a lot of people would call bonded 
insurance. So I can do corporate outings. Um, I can have up covered up to 20 people at once underneath my insurance policy. Okay. And when I was looking, I was, I always had people going, man, when you're up in South Dakota or wherever, you know, you do so well, I'm going to hire you. And I was like, okay, well, if I'm going to do this, the only way that I could see me gaining traction and being something a little bit more unique was, yeah, I do my home base, but also then do um, trips up in South Dakota, Western Nebraska, McConaughey. Um, I, I've even been asked a time or two to go down into Kansas. I've actually just had a request for a guy wanted me to take him spoonbill fishing down in Oklahoma, you know, and it, we do so much different hunting and fishing that it, it's, it's worked out actually really good for the company and for myself to be not stuck. Um, as what, you know, when I say stuck is not always a bad thing, but I don't have a home body of water where that's all I guide. And with what I do, it brings different challenges, but I also like the fact that I have the ability with how I run my guide service to be able to tell a client, Hey, uh, you know, if you want to really go after walleye, we can go up to Yankton or we can go to McConaughey or, you know, I put on a lot of miles of travel, but I also offer kind of a wider spectrum of the different fish um, and different lakes that I fish on. And we do keep pretty busy just locally. A lot of pan fish, and we do get in some nice walleye fish in spring and fall and some decent pike. But overall, I mean, most of my walleye trips, especially on my corporate events, is South Dakota or western Nebraska. Now, now, how do you how do you go about that? I mean, do you uh, just kind of advertise that that you're going to be in the Chamberlain area for the next two weeks and and just kind of go from there, or do you have people that that give you a call and say, "Hey, Tom, I'm looking to uh, uh, you know get a few walleye fillets in the freezer," and you say, "You know what? I know that Chamberlain's going really good right now. Let's go." It, how, how how exactly do you go about that? So I try to have different blocks um, in my schedule where, like, in the spring we'll do our tournament, or our, sorry, we'll do our trophy walleye trips, like on McConaughey. Um, when the ice comes off and the water temperature's right, I'll start advertising that. And those are strictly chasing after trophy caliber walleye. And I'll try to be out there for a week to two weeks. And then, like, Chamberlain, I'll try to do a time where I'm up there for a week to two weeks. Um, but one of the things that uh, some people may not know is I actually have a couple guides that I work with closely and who they actually guide for me when needed be. And one of them's in Chamberlain. So if I get a group of guys, let's say call and want to do just a half day. Um, and I've had this where they, the night before they're like, Hey, we're coming through town. We've seen all the boats. We went over the, the over the, the river. We really want to go fishing tomorrow. But I can call that buddy of mine and be like, Hey, you got an opening tomorrow. He's like, yep. I'm like, all right, here's the number. You got clients tomorrow two or three or whatever for half day or whatever it may be so yeah right then yeah. then you don't have to drive all the way from utan to, to chamberlain and and yeah yep yeah i try to do if it's me personally which i do quite a bit of different ones out of state um i try to have that in my schedule for my week two week um like i'll be like last year i was two weeks at yankton and a week and a half um at chamberlain um, this last winter, I was up at uh, Bitter Wabe for almost two months this winter. Um, so, yeah, I, I, there's 
what if if somebody had some stock that I could buy in fuel that would really help <laughs> yeah. me back, I think. Yep. So now you spend most of the winter months up there in the northeastern South Dakota area, don't you? Yeah, correct. Our and I try to um, get in as much as I can for the local demand here because I have clients that I've had um, since I started even part-time that always want to do some ice fishing locally. Um, but our our ice season is just so varies so much and it's so unpredictable that it's it's really hard to get a schedule and book. Um, and that's like I've done quite a few week two-week trips, Okaboji, Iowa, um, mutual friend of all of ours, Chad Lorth, helped me out on yeah. some of my big corporate events where I'd bring 15 to 20 guys for a corporate outing. Um, so, yeah, it's it, it's just kind of, at times, it, looking, I think some people look at me and be like, you're crazy. It's like, that's just got to be a nightmare. But it, it's really, it fits for what I do. And I love the fact that I can work a solid two to three weeks away from home I can come home, I take a week or two weeks even off, I pick up my kids from school, take them to school, you know, it, it's, it works. Yep. Yeah, yeah, every, you know, d- different people need different things, different families uh, uh, work different ways, and, uh, you know, if, if that's something your uh, your wife's good with, and, and, you know, well, you know, when you come back and you got... Uh, a week, ten days, fourteen days, uh, you know, to do nothing but that. You know, it's it's really no different than, uh, you know, than having your weekends. Yeah, uh, and my wife usually does not. Uh, the only time she gets real angry when I spend a lot of time away from home is when I haven't taken her fishing. That is, <laughs> that is the my wife. Um, I'm thankful enough. She loves the outdoors also, and I always get one of those looks. It never fails that. You know, especially the springtime, I've already done four different outings for guide trips. And I know uh, today she's like, so when are me and the kids going to go? And I'm like, yep, okay. Yep, yep. <laughs> she she outfishes so, you, doesn't she? Oh, yeah. It, yeah, I knew it, she did. <laughs> between her and my son, Jake, I just, I bait hooks. <laughs> I, I bait, change lures, drive the boat. I'm fine with that. Yeah, you want to be a guide, uh, then yeah. you do guide things. That's right. <laughs> The only thing difference is, is now it's for free, yeah. and it's just that way I keep out of the doghouse. I was going to say, and that's and that's priceless. Yes. <laughs> so, I mean, your ass it is. It is way more than the other. <laughs> Damn right it does. <laughs> so, so what do you? Where would be your? What's your like favorite destination that you go and guide at? I would have to say McConaughey. Oh yeah, and it's there's just so many different techniques. Um, that you can chase big walleye there with. And, you know, not many people talk about the big smallies that are in there. Um, and it's the smallies. A lot of times when you're fishing for smallies, you'll catch into some really big catfish with, like, bay blades, square bills. It, it's unreal that you'll be having a square bill bounce off a rocks and a big old catfish hits it. And you're just like, what? <laughs> it, you know, it's so... I kind of like that full point that you, you, when you're fishing for them, it's, you're not going to just catch that. I mean, right. it, you could even get a big walleye at the same time. So, and it's, it's unique. It is probably the most unique body of water in the state of Nebraska. I believe that. I believe that. I've only, I've only fished it once, but that, uh, that's a, that's a big body of water right there. <laughs> yeah, it's, 
it's can almost be overwhelming. Yeah, I believe that. What 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 town do you guide out of there? Um, so I just stay. I'm very fortunate. I have a good friend of mine that has a trailer that he just has. It's family owned, just on the north side there, right in the middle. Okay. The, yep. So I'm like 15, twelve or fifteen minutes from the boat ramp. Nice. So it's it's nice. <laughs> I'm yep. not gonna lie. Well, but it because he he doesn't charge me very much and um it, it, it works great nice Good. nice um what what uh what what were some of the challenges i i mean with with you growing up down in council bluffs i guess you know you obviously you were a little bit more used to uh uh fishing northern minnesota but uh you know these new bodies of water that you know you obviously have to keep hitting uh, as you're heading up into Northeast South Dakota, uh, what, what were some of the challenges of learning those bodies of water? Because it's obviously not like uh, what you've got down there in Nebraska or, or, you know, the far eastern side of Iowa where you grew up. Yeah, and it, it was almost, in a sense, easier for me because I spent and learned most of my walleye fishing from, like, Cass Lake, Leech Lake, um, you know, lakes up there that are well known for producing walleye um, and having different structure in them. You know, you get down around here and there's just, it's not the same structure. You got real mud bottom. Um, you got a lot of standing trees, a lot of our lakes down here. So when I get up to the Pajol region, Glacier, Glacier Lakes region, South Dakota, it, it is almost easier for me because it's almost that default back to how I learned how to fish for walleye. Um, but it's the same time. I think there's times I do so well on some of them because I've learned that even where you think walleyes are, you should never take for granted and, and explore new body, new areas of the lake. Always yeah. be, swimming. um, a lot of times I think that's a kind of a fault of a lot of walleye fishermen, just fishermen in general is they have waypoints or they fish the lake for, you know, so many years and they always fish the same areas. And it, it can be just like the east side or north side of the lake on just these humps or this weed line, and they don't fish anywhere else. So I think there's times that I have an advantage um, because when I go to those lakes, you know, I'm, a, I'm not on that lake day to day, day in, day out. So when I'm up there three or four days ahead of time before I'm going to be up there for a week, two weeks guiding, um, I'll, I'll spend just a whole day just side scanning. And, I, and I, just not the areas that I have marked from the last time or the last year or the last two years. I'll just drive, and I'll just check from two foot to thirty foot. I mean, I I, I don't I try not to leave any area uncovered because um, when you think you have them figured out, you will learn in a hurry that you have no idea. I mean, oh, they, yeah. mm -hmm. they are a predator fish, and they travel and they they do a lot more following the bait and different types of bait than we all probably acknowledge yep yep are you more of an ice fishing guy or an open water guy i would say you know it depends and it, so the first year i was full-time it was more open water and then you know the way i spent like i said two months this year up in south dakota you know i'll do still quite a bit of open water but um it kind of, kind of depends on my corporates. Um, last year, I had 
most of my corporate bookings were ice fishing events. Um, and you know, I, we would get the last three years, I guess been a lot of, I've had, a, been fortunate to get big corporate events to where I have four or five groups of 20 that I take out and I, I have different people that I know that guide and I hire them to help me on these big events. But, um, so sometimes it's, it's ice fishing and then another year it's more just people finding me and booking me. So then it's more open water. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What, what do you personally prefer? I prefer open water. Actually. Okay. Yeah, no, that's all right. It's, 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 I always hate that question because there is a certain camaraderie with ice fishing that I truly enjoy. And, it, and you know, for not, probably not everybody knows, but like I'm with you guys up on hooked on hard water. Yep. Yeah. It, it, there's just something unique about it. Anytime you're ice fishing, you can have a large group of friends and then somebody can come by and you start talking next, you know, you're all just hanging out fishing. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. You know, I, I've never really thought about that, but there yep. is a, a, a different camaraderie. You know, you, you can have a group of dudes out fishing, you know, in the boats, but uh, you're all uh, still kind of separated a little bit yep. and stuff like that. Yep. Where, yep. You know, if all of a sudden you're in an area and a guy's catch, you know, has a hot ice hole and you can go up there and start drilling around them. I mean, it's you almost like you're working as a team a lot more. Yep. Yep. And that's where, you know, why well, I hate that question because there's, there's, I love that aspect, but I, I also really like the whole being by myself at times. Like it's, it's kind of nice. It's the, it's the break. Like I enjoy people and I enjoy what I do, but there's also that I enjoy getting away from the crowd too. Yep. And that's oh, yeah. with open water is a lot of times, not always, but a lot of times, you know, you're on a bite that's secluded off of the rest of the crowds. And it's because you, you just witness, you know, Eagles or whatever, you just the scenery, you know, and it's with open water. It's, it changes so much, you know, with ice fishing, it's, Oh look, it's ice and snow. Yep. Yep. You know. Oh, okay. I'm drilling a hole. You know. It. It. it, By the end of the ice season, I'm not going to lie to anybody. I'm. I'm ready for open water because it's. It's by the end of ice season. That drill with changing batteries and just being cold off and on and propane bottles and I'm like, okay, I've had enough of this. I am. I am ready for being able when I'm in flip flops and worrying about a sunburn. You, you know, said it. You yeah. said it right there. Like, I can't wait to put on a damn pair of flip-flops. Yeah. <laughs> it's like all I want to do. Yeah. 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 Now, uh, do, do, you, uh, do you guide any hunting, or are you just strictly fishing? No. So, last year we did a lot of waterfowl. Um, okay. So, we did, I think we did 37 days of waterfowl hunting. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. It's, it kind of depends, and that's, like I said, it's, it, with having the, being able to do corporates has opened up a lot of windows for me, um, because there isn't that many guides that are insured, um, yep. which, it's, you know, some of your listeners may go, what? And I'm like, it, it's, it's almost sad that, you know, I, a few weeks ago, or it's been quite a while now, you guys had somebody on, I can't remember his name. Clint about, Clint yep, yep. About, yep. about having licensed guides you know, licensed with the state. Um, and it's, it, unfortunately, I think a lot, too many people look at it as, oh, it's just, I'm just spending extra money. Well, 
if you have somebody that is a licensed company, LLC or L-Score or whatever you want to call it, and then has the insurance, they're, that's their primary. Like, yep. they're devoted to doing this. Yeah. Versus somebody that is, and I'm, I'm not going to say, like, there's something wrong with the guy trying, you know, trying it out and doing it part-time and just doing it two or three times a year and cutting his teeth and, and seeing if he wants to do it or not. Um, but, you know, some of these outfitters, and, you know, we all see it. You'll see, you know, especially, for instance, up kind of by you guys, Okaboji, there's times there's like a dozen guys that are promoting as a guide. Right. Oh, at least. You know, oh, yeah. 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 Yep. Yep. you know, and two years later, it's it's still the same number, but only a quarter of them are still there and the rest of them are new faces again. Yep. Yep. So it's, it, you know, it, they don't do it justice for the guide industry by being doing that. Um, they would actually probably benefit more if they just went through all the steps because then it's more of a prestige. Like, you know, it's, it, it just truly blew me away. Like when I start approaching these corporates, they're like, yeah, we've looked into it before, but you don't have the insurance coverage. I'm like, yes, I do. Yeah, you do. <laughs> and they were like, you're what? I'm like, yeah. So I, you know, send them my policy and they're like, oh, you know, so then that opens up a new clientele for me that a lot of other guides, I think, missed the boat by just by thinking, well, I can cut some corners. Well, if you're willing to cut corners on that, you're probably willing to cut corners on other things, unfortunately. I, n- I never really thought about that, but, uh, you know, if, if a business decides that they're going to, you know, take the office out for a fishing trip, um, you know, technically they, they're on the clock, and, and I suppose, um, you know, they, they 100% need that insurance, or, or, you know, that's an, a pretty incredible liability for that business owner. I, I, yep. n- I never thought about that before. Yep. Huh. All right. Uh, um, and, and tournaments, Tom, uh, you've, you've fished, uh, some tournaments and I believe you qualified last year for a tournament that should be coming up, uh, this year. Uh, you want to dive into, uh, your tournament experience? Yeah. So, um, I did the NWT as a co-angler for two years and last year, um, while I was doing the co-angler for the NWT, um, a good friend of mine, Curtis McCormick, and I did the MWC, and we qualified for the championship, placed, I believe, 24th for the year. Nice. Okay. Um, so the year we'll be fishing the championship, um, and then that's in September. So Where's that, that at? That's going to be up on Francis Case. Oh, oh heck right. yeah, Walleye Factory. Right. Yep, so... <laughs> Pretty, pretty excited for that. And then this year, uh, I'm doing just some little local ones for the state of Nebraska. And then I'm fishing my first um, pro as an NWT at Pickstown this year. Oh, are you really? Yeah. Nice. You. nice. I'm going to jump and and uh, give a whirl with it. You know, I kind of wanted to do more of it, but the schedule this year was pretty much all east side. Right, yeah. Yep. So, and that's, that's same with MWC this year, you know, unfortunately these fuel costs, it just didn't make much sense, you know, yep. I just kind of cherry picked. I'm like, well, that one picks down is only four hours away from home. So I'm going to go fish that one as a pro and see if I can't uh, cash a nice big fat check to help 
paid off some crankbaits. Yeah, that, <laughs> that, exactly that wouldn't right. hurt. That wouldn't hurt one bit. Uh, when when you were doing the co angler thing uh, there with the NWT, did you uh, did you ever get in the boat uh, with with any you know like a sprangle or a hoyer or anything crazy like that? So I so my first pro I ever got in the boat with almost three years ago. Um, and when I say the name, a lot of people are going to be like, no way. It was Tom Wynn. Oh, okay. Yep. Which anybody's been following like AIM series, him and his partners dominated the AIM walleye circuit for almost two years solid now. And he's done quite well with NWT. And uh, Tom Wynn is, was, or sorry, was a bass fisherman before. He switched over to walleye because during COVID, all the bass tournaments got canceled. Right. So it was uh, quite unique, and that's it, it. Just kind of made me sit back, or I, I was, I guess, smart enough to kind of step back and just kind of watch and realize that you know whether it's a bass crop, you know, there's so many fish that we forget that are predators, and we we tend to think that walleye only eat walleye baits, right? You know? Oh yeah, you know. You know, while I eat whatever they want to eat that's in front of them, whatever they're chasing today. So, you know, you, you could have a whopper plopper coming across the shallow point, and if there's a walleye there, if he wants to eat it, he's going to eat it. He doesn't know that was made for bass. Right, like, exactly. So it's uh, And then I fished with Isaac Latch um, at Chamberlain, and that was my first experience being in a monsoon rainstorm in a tilt. <laughs> And I, I have a windshield boat, and I'm telling you what, I have never been so thankful for a windshield boat after that day. <laughs> I, I, the rain gear I wear is striker gear, of course, but and it's great. But it does not keep water out when it's being driven underneath the cuffs <laughs> around your gloves and down your hood. It, it was it was the most miserable slash fun tournament day I've probably had in a long time. Yeah, no, I, I, I don't see the fun in that. I don't yeah. see the fun in that. No, it's, it, it was, it was fun because Isaac and I stumbled across a piece of rock line that literally every third cast was a hook. We, I mean, it was hooked up every third cast, and none of them were bigs. But we, me and him, had a heyday. I mean, laughing, just shaking our head like this is unbelievable. Sooner or later, they're going to be big, but we just, it, it was. It was an absolute blast. We enjoyed it and laughed, and we weighed in our five fish. Or you know, it, it was it was just a great day. Nice, nice. Now, uh, uh, you, you said you're just going to do a couple uh, local Nebraska ones this year, and and yep. the and the NWT uh, at at uh, Pickstown. Correct. As is, a pro, so. is so is is tournament fishing just something that you kind of want to step away from and concentrate more on the guiding or or well this year it was it was based on the the, the schedule tournament. so many of the rivers out east and yep. i just did not like there's just some some of them that you just read and you look at the schedule and you're just like either you're either excited for it or you just kind of go eh. yeah well yep and when I read it, I was like, eh, yeah, yeah. Now, if it doesn't move the needle, you don't have to do it. That's right. You know, and it, it's, I guess the good part about me, you know, I, I fish for a living, not just tournaments. So, like, I'm still fishing. You know, a matter of fact, if I'm guiding and not doing tournament, I'm actually, unless I get a big paycheck, I'm actually making way more money guiding. 
No, um, it's challenges the tournament that I really enjoy because it's it's there's so many factors that you have no control over on tournament days that it it'll make it make you or break you. Like in even the best of the best will met when you know they made a run and should not have made the run or they they left the spot too soon. You know it's oh yeah all those it, decisions. It, yeah, it's and I enjoy that. I. My wife sometimes goes, I can't believe how, and I do, I get super nervous and just on edge and I don't sleep right. And she's just like, I can't believe you enjoy that. And I'm like, it's, <laughs> it's a weird drug like that. Yeah. When you get ready to come up to the scale and you're weighing. It, it's, it's just, I get the shakes and I, you know, I get the shakes still on big fish, whether it's mine or a client's. And until those things go away, I'm going to keep doing this as long as I'm allowed to. Heck yeah. Do you do any tournaments with your kids? So my, my son Jacob and I fished a panfish tournament last year. His first, and he's, there's a few people that'll just kind of shake their head because they know Jacob, met him quite a few times. We fished our first one together, and it was a panfish tournament. We were, believe it or not, we were using lead core, um, pulling crankbaits oh yeah and uh he the rod went off and he grabbed out of the rod holder and he has these rail and he's like dad get the net this is a big one I'm like okay so i grabbed the net and sure enough it comes up and all you've seen is a mouth and i'm like oh oh and i'm like okay don't don't let him shake his head don't you know i'm trying to i was more nervous at that point in time than he was and we get it in the net and Jake grabs it and gets the treble hooks out of his mouth. He looks at me and goes, we just won this, Dad. And I go, Jake, you can't talk like that. He goes, Dad, let's put it on the bump board. It was just shy of 14 inches. And that and was crappie? Like, yeah, it was yep. a crop. And I'm just kind of like, I don't, you know, you don't want to. That's one thing I've learned, you know, a long time ago. You don't, as soon as you start thinking you want it. Oh, yeah. What, so I was like, ah, you know, we're just gonna we're just gonna keep doing what we're doing, Jake. And it was, you know, a pitcher tournament on the scale, and then you pick your five best. And uh, I was just like, I don't know, you know, there's a lot of boats here. And uh, <laughs> we, lo and behold, we beat everybody by a pound and a half. Wow! Nice. And as soon as they said what we won by, my son looks back at me and goes. I told you, Dad. <laughs> and I, I just got a laugh that I shook my head, and I'm like, great. Yep. tournament, we get first place. Yep. Thanks for pressure on me, buddy. That's awesome. That's awesome. No, so, Tom, uh, um, yeah, I don't know. We've been going for, for 45 minutes. I, I told you I told you, <laughs> I didn't figure we'd uh, have any problem killing a half hour, but uh, – um, you got anything? Well, well, why don't you tell the listeners uh, if they would like to get a hold of you, um, you know, down in that Omaha area or, you know, to, to check out when you're going to be uh, out at McConaughey this spring or, or back up into South Dakota. How do they get a hold of you? Yep. So you can always, I have a website. It's tomtomsguideservice.com. Um, you can find me on my webpage. It has contact information. Or you can find me on my Facebook page. Um, Brand new Facebook page, by the way. Fortunately, modern technology of Facebook, you know. um, I had some issues where I got lost my page, so I made a new page. It's just, it's Tom Tom's Guide Service, but no apostrophe S. Um, 
and then of course there's Instagram, there's TikTok, there's Twitter. Um, there's I try to make it so that I have different platforms so anybody can reach get a hold of me. Um, I try to post as much as I can on them, but I always post like, hey, I'm going to be out at McConaughey. You know, we got any, you know any need or wants to come out and fish for there for the walleye trips. These are the dates I'll be out there. Um, and I always try to post different things, but, um, more than anything else, regardless if I haven't posted that I'm in an area or not, just reach out and say, Hey, I'm interested in going here or there. And, and, you know, either I will be, or I can set you up with one of my guides that are there for a day trip or half day trip and get you handled. You bet. Nice. You bet. Well, Tom, uh, we appreciate you, uh, taking, uh, taking time out of your night, uh, um, when, when are you going to get back out on the water? Are you going tomorrow? Are you taking a couple days off here? Are you shooting snow geese? What's, uh, what's the plan uh, for, the, for the next couple days? No, so I got, uh, we got family coming in town for a big shindig on the weekend, so I'm getting ready to put some pork butts on the smoker tomorrow. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't I know think... that we were family, but all right. <laughs> yeah. We'll see you in a few days, yeah. I guess. Yeah, we're supposed to be going up to Brookings, but uh, we, can, we can come down there. Yeah. <laughs> you turn yeah i think friday i'm gonna try to get out again i uh i've been waiting on these these water temperatures are just you know like we've all said our weather is just you just shake your head you know i think uh especially a little bit further north i don't know i heard parts of minnesota they may not even have open water well after their walleye opener so oh well there's still guys driving uh driving um side by sides out on okaboji right now so yeah, that's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. So, but no, I plan on getting out here probably, like I said, probably Friday. I got to get this, all these pork butts smoked. And so, and then I got some more, always organizing, trying to get stuff in the boat. But uh, yeah, looking forward to get back out on the water and see what I can't get to get pulled topside. Heck yeah. Right. Heck yeah. Well, uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully we run into you uh, before uh, before hooked on hard water. Maybe some uh, sometime if you're up in Okaboji this uh, open water season, we'll meet up. But uh, yeah, like I said, we appreciate you uh, taking time, and uh, yeah, uh, good luck, good luck out there. Yeah, sure thing. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. All right, later. Later. And that was Tom Seberg from Utan, Nebraska eastern side of nebraska That's more right, of a yeah. shortswear flip-flops <laughs> uh eastern nebraska not as many sandburrs that's right that's for <laughs> damn sure i can guarantee you that so uh um no moving along uh pizza review this week um Ooh, i actually this is uh this is a pizza that uh i actually had somebody bring it to me oh wow uh the other night, uh, Kayla and I, I believe it was Sunday night, tonight, tonight's Tuesday. Yeah. Yep. Sunday night, uh, um, just threw some, uh, chicken nuggets and French fries into the, uh, the oven. We're kind of sitting there and I get a text from Kayla's cousin, whose, uh, whose husband is a listener of the show, uh, our buddy, Sean Bosler, Bosler Concrete, Alvord, Iowa, best in the business. But, uh, um, I get a text message from Amy and she says, Hey, have you eaten yet? And, and they, they, they will every once in a while shoot us a call or shoot us a text and ask us to hit up the Mexican restaurant downtown, uh, on Sunday nights and whatnot. And I'm like, damn it. Anyways, you know, just put right. these freaking chicken nuggets on. And, uh, 
she's like, no, I got a, got a pizza that I, you know, that, that you got to try. And I said, well, that works out. And you and I had already decided that we were going to record on, uh, um, Tuesday night. Yep. Tuesday night. And, uh, I was like, well, no, I, I think, I think at that point in time there, maybe we were still thinking Monday night, whatever. But I said, yeah, I'll be able to eat it before, uh, before we record, and uh, so she brought it over, and uh, this is a special pizza that they drive all the way down to, like, freaking by Des Moines for. Um, they've got uh, um, their son, Hudson, is is very allergic to gluten. Okay. Uh, very gluten intolerant. I mean, like, if, if it, it, he can barely go out to eat at restaurants because if it's even in the same vicinity, oh, wow. like, that is uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's within... 15, 20 minutes, and, and we've got puke flying, and he'll just flat out pass out. Yeah, not crazy, good. crazy deal. But uh, whatever the case, so uh, they brought me over a Creaseman Foods gluten free pepperoni pizza, and a cute little bugger. Uh, not not super big, um, you know. Probably like if you were gonna go to like a pizza ranch, probably about the size of uh, of the medium. All right. Uh, maybe maybe even a smidge smaller than that, bigger so than the small. So an appetizer pizza for you. It's you know so that, it's, it's one that you can take down while also eating chicken nuggets and fries. You, you're on to something there. I I will say that uh, the size it it did get docked a little bit on score because of size, and uh, you know that's just that's all that's all part of it. I've 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 given other pizzas uh, better ratings because of it, but uh whatever, Creaseman's Foods gluten-free pepperoni pizza. Uh you know, obviously going into it, I'm a little bit worried about this crust, you know, gluten-free, like, you know, what am I really getting myself into? So it's got a pizza ranch look to it, you know, that that type of a crust. Yep. Um but it had a crunch to it. Oh, nice. And it was like really good. Yeah. Really good. Um I don't know. The the toppings were good. Lots of cheese. Uh, uh, pepperonis were underneath of the cheese. I kind of appreciate that. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. You know, not not sitting up on top that uh, go around. Very neat. Like when you looked at it, it was like whoever the hell made this took a took little time. bit of pride in yeah. what they were doing. Like you know that a machine didn't get the sauce <laughs> halfway off of it. Just overall, the presentation was nice, uh, simple. Uh, not, not, uh, nothing, nothing fancy, but, uh, you know, I don't need fancy. I need good, uh, good toppings. Uh, I, I'll dock it a little bit because it was small. Um, but otherwise, uh, you know, the, the crust actually ended up being spectacular. Creaseman's Foods, uh, I believe they're out of Ankeny. We're going to go with a 7.6. Nice. That's a We're going to give it a 7.6. Uh, it, I mean, it's, it's not the best pizza I've ever had. I'm, I'm not going to say that, but, uh, uh, it it was it was dang good. If, yeah. if they sold them downtown here, Buy them. Uh, you know, I'd I'd put a mean hurting on them. Good. So uh, yeah, seven six definitely. Creaseman Creaseman Foods, uh, Ankeny, Iowa, gluten free, doing something a little bit different. So, uh, uh, Matt, good news story. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll start on this one. Last week uh, when we recorded, we recorded on Monday night, and uh, we had mentioned that on Tuesday we were going to get out fishing. Uh, we did got out uh, with my brother and uh, our buddy Topper, and uh, just really, really had just just a heck of a fun day. The weather was freaking beautiful. Um, we 
we were out uh, over on the on the Okaboji chain. The weather was beautiful. We caught a piss load of fish. I mean, an absolute yeah. metric ton of fish. Uh, not all of them were very big, but we uh, it was it was fun. Uh, there there's a there's an outside chance that that might be my last uh, ice fishing trip. I I hope it's not, but but it might be. And uh, whatever if it is, uh, you know, went out in style. Um, that was a lot of fun. I also want to give a shout out to the Green Bay Packers. Uh, we're doing a, a Rock Rapids Fire Department fundraiser. Yep. And uh, um, one of the uh, fire department or uh, uh, firefighters' wives uh, sent out uh, an email to a bunch of different places uh, to get some raffle prizes. And we got a football back from the Green Bay Packers signed by the whole shitting damn team. Wow. I'm not a That's Green Bay impressive. Packers fan, but uh, they, they moved up in my book. I was uh, uh, pretty awesome there. Um, got a lot of got a lot of really cool stuff. Great Wolf Lodge gave us a, gave us a night stay, whatever. But uh, no, I'd, I know we've got some listeners from up there in Wisconsin, so I uh, thought I'd give them a shout too. That's awesome. Yeah, I definitely got to do that. That's it's always nice when organizations do that. Like, yep, you know, we'll send those fundraisers and stuff like that. You know, send those things out to fundraisers. It's, yeah, it's always so important. I mean, whether it be tickets, memorabilia, yep. or whatever. So. Yeah, we got Sioux City Musketeers or Sioux City Explorers, a bunch of stuff from them too. So, no, cool deal. Yeah, what right do you on. got? Mine. Well, I was gonna go with Will. Papenfoos finishing 19th in the NWT. That's a good, good news story. I thought that was pretty cool, especially, I mean, following along on social media with those guys on Snapchat and stuff. They, they, uh, for their first one, they had some trials and tribulations and stuff like yep. that and over to over, able to overcome it and uh, come in solid with the 19th place finish out of, you know, well over 100 people in that yep. thing. I mean, it just goes to prove, I mean, they don't call him Walleye Will for now. <laughs> that's, for, so. that's for damn sure. You can catch him. I think he is part Walleye. <laughs> so that, that'd be my good news story. You bet. No, that's a good one. That is a good one. Uh, we forgot to mention who Free the hell Roo. the good. Why, why didn't you freaking give me the look? I don't know. I didn't. I don't know why I gave you the look. Freaking Freedom Brew. That's two times. You know, the last time I... You know, I get into my zone and then just freaking good news Going story in and, and to, that right. that's a problem. I get a little excited about the pizza. Hell, I talked about how I was coffee snob last week. Right. I got a bunch of messages about that. Oh. I got I got uh, my buddy uh uh Kyle Hugadorn messaged. Uh, he he's a he's a Keurig guy also, but uh Robbie Rembrandt messaged me and said eighty five percent of fishermen drink coffee, point zero one make it in a Keurig. <laughs> <laughs> fuck you robbie <laughs> so, uh, now i have a new good new story of the week right there yep <laughs> you said that to robbie so yep. brought to you by freedom brew yeah that's right freedom brew larchwood oh. iowa our buddies uh austin brianna the best damn coffee shop period uh you can ask biggie because he goes there a lot yeah he even got himself a nice uh freedom brew coffee mug but yep. i think his wife liked it so much she stole it from yep. him so yeah. i think he had to get another one and yeah he got he her one and he didn't realize it <laughs> right he we were fishing i was fishing with him the other day and he accidentally uh tipped over his freedom brew in his in his ice shack oh, and it was all geez. over the bottom and i was like well you better i said i'll tip it up and you can drink it <laughs> right it out of there like it out of there <laughs> you might get a few wax do it too. And stuff. Do i know it. he would Yep. So, no. Brought to you by Freedom Brew. I forgot uh, a couple weeks ago. I forgot to uh, to mention them, and 
Man, you wouldn't believe it. Uh, I got messages like, you know, hey, Freedom Brew quit sponsoring you guys. Nope, just me being a moron. So uh, just just forgot about them. Uh, no, stop awesome. in stop in there and uh, check them out. Uh, Emily even, my wife said that uh, she talked to one of the students that helped us out that one day and they thought it was kind of funny that we had to call Austin to <laughs> know what you drank. So, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't, yeah. She she has those uh, those girls in, in yep. class, huh? Yeah, yep. But she asked him, "Hey, did you, did you guys help some or two two ugly guys uh, yep. on Saturday? Yep, <laughs> two ugly sure. guys and a baby. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right. That's us. Was. So, all right. Uh, we appreciate you guys tuning in to two twelve, um, two twelve, and Brandon. Great place to eat. Also, they don't sponsor us. Just thought I should say it. Um, whatever the case, uh, thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, if you can. Uh, hit the subscribe button, hit the like button, hit whatever the hell it is on your uh, on your podcast playing app. And uh, we appreciate you guys. We will see you next week on 213. Later.